0: Welcome. Good morning. Let's stand and sing and worship God together. Come set, you rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray, Unveil that we made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope. me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me Is it.
1: We thank you this morning for your presence. We ask, Father, for this hour that you would give us focus, that we would open our hearts to your spirit and your word, that we might leave this place a little bit different. We ask for your presence, Father, that your Holy Spirit would move in our midst, and we would sense your presence at work in our lives. Thank you for loving us, Father. In Jesus' name we
2: pray. Amen. Good morning. This feels a little more normal, doesn't it? (laughs) So we're socially distanced up here. Um, We have one announcement. We are going to try and do Trunks of Fun this year on Halloween at 2 p.m. Uh, I have a sign-up sheet on the table outside in the in the lobby. Um, We will have uh, goodie bags pre-loaded and so you won't have to bring your own candy and have a bowl and have kids grab candy uh we'll have that to uh give out um so please sign up if you can participate on saturday the 31st at two and uh we're looking forward to giving uh the kids something to look forward to and getting back to a little bit of normal we're we're going back to school and we're in our classrooms and Like Kevin said, things look a little differently, but we know God's still working. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, Jackson County just sent out some new guidelines, so we'll keep you posted on all that. Um, We've been doing um, a study on board games. Have you guys ever played this board game? It's got like a little dome in the middle and you click it and it rolls the dice for you. Yeah, and then you move the little pieces around. What happens when an other player lands on your piece? Have to go back home. You have to go back home. You have to start all over again. Are you happy about that normally when you have to go all the way back to start? Yeah, darn it, right? It's, it's not good news, right? You have to start all over. You have to get your piece all the way back around again. Then somebody else might land on it, right? It's kind of bad stuff. Well, there's a character in the Bible that had to start over. In fact, had to start over probably several times. His name was Moses. You guys have heard of Moses, right? You remember when he was a baby? His parents were slaves in Egypt. They had to float him down the Nile River. He was in danger and they had to keep him safe. So he was saved by the Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised as a prince in Egypt by the king's family, by Pharaoh's family. So he went from being the son of a slave to a prince. Well, one day he got angry when he was older. He saw one of the slaves being hurt. They were beating the slaves pretty badly, and it angered him, and he, the anger got the best of him. And he broke God's rule and and he killed the person who was beating the slave. And he had to run away from Egypt. He broke God's rules. He had to start all over. In fact, he was in the wilderness for 40 years. He had to be a shepherd. Yeah. But you know what? God didn't forget him. God, God never gives up on you. He gives you second chances. So kind of like the game trouble, he got to start over again. And God called him. Do you remember the story of the burning bush? And God talked to him through the burning bush and said, free my people, let my people go, right? And he sent him to Egypt to do his work. So that's a good story to remember that it isn't over Just because you have to start over. Okay? When you start over, it's really not the end. It's a new beginning. Yeah? So remember, God is the God of second chances. He forgives us. Right? If we repent and we're sorry and we want to change, he can use our mistakes to teach us. He teaches us through our starting over. So when we can start over and try again on our new beginning, we learn something and we're a little better than before. So we all make mistakes, right? So remember that as we're going back to school and with our family, uh, with other people, that we remember God is a God of second chances, okay? So I've got a little um, thing for you to do at your seats, a little take home, and then... After we pray, you can get one from me, okay? All right. Dear Lord, we thank you for second chances, for being able to start over. Help us to seek your forgiveness and follow your will, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Please stand. Let's continue to worship together. Well, I'm tired and so weary, but I must go along till the Lord comes and calls me, calls me away. Oh, yes, well, the morning's so bright and the lamp is light and tonight, tonight is as black as the sea. 4
3: Would you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you've stored upon us. And Father, we just thank you for the many things that we just take for granted every day. We ask, Father, that you be with all those that are having a hard time right now, and might be sick or other things. We just ask you be with them. We ask now, Father, that you take these tithes and offerings, and use them in the way that you see fit. In your son Jesus' name, amen.
0: Seems it feels like
1: shall open your Bibles with this morning if you would in your New Testament the book of Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 continuing in our series God's Word the path to life understanding the premise here is that when you follow God's Word he teaches you how to live and gives you a path to follow and it applies to everybody equally and this morning we're going to be talking about this thing called anger. And I, I know that I've heard that people get angry. And I've seen it over and over, myself included. So this is something that affects everybody. And this is one of the things that the Bible does. It, it doesn't speak to special groups. It speaks to followers of Jesus. It doesn't really worry about the different racial groups or social groups or anything like that. It's just if you follow Jesus, this is something that concerns you. And what the Bible teaches about anger applies to everybody, Christian, non-Christian alike. So we're going to be talking today about how it applies to us, how we perceive anger, how we express it, and how it pulls us away from God. Ephesians chapter 4. As always, we pray. Join me, please. heavenly father we thank you for your presence again we gather hoping that your spirit would move in our midst that he would find open hearts and minds that he can teach us through your word that he might influence us to live for jesus we come before you father humbled creatures because of our sin we get angry we say stupid things we do dumb things things that hurt us and others We ask for mercy, forgiveness, Father, for our sin, for the sins that plague us each day. We ask for forgiveness. Help us, Father, to be sensitive to those things that tempt us. Help us to learn to resist temptation. We ask for the desire to live without sin. But always, Father, we ask for mercy. Lord, this morning we come knowing that Many within our midst struggle. We're still afraid of this pandemic. We don't know what to make of it. Our leaders even are now confronted with the reality of this virus. We ask that you would be with them, our president and many others. Heal them, Father. We pray for an end to this virus that the doctors and nurses and modern technology could find cures and vaccines And in the meantime, Father, we ask for your protection. Help us to trust you for our lives. As always, be with our soldiers, our first responders, and protect them from the dangers they face. Use them to bring peace and justice. We pray for them, for their safety. We ask, Father, that they would restrain their anger, that they would do their jobs without violence that isn't needed, Help us to support them. It seems like so many things that are essential in our life we are beginning to doubt and to lose. Help us. And Father, we look at the lives we live and we are grateful. We are humbled and grateful. You are so generous to us for our possessions, for food, safety, comforts, for this great nation the stability of this nation, our strength. Thank you, Father. Help us to recognize that every good thing is a gift from you. Help us to trust you and be open to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isn't anger interesting? I'm not going to ask you to stand up and tell stories of what you've done in anger. That would be a long but very interesting service, wouldn't it? Every morning, I get up, and I come here early, and I greet the kids. And last, two weeks ago, I've had two pretty difficult encounters with parents who were angry. Not at me, but they were just angry, and they bring it from home. And there's a mama. She comes. She's got several kids, young and old, and she'd been having some problems with one of her teenagers, And she was pretty worked up, and every day I talked to her, she was getting more and more worked up. So she got out of the car the other day and asked her how she was, and she immediately launched into this tirade. And at first it started out in normal tones, and then the longer she talked, the louder it got, and the longer and louder it got, the faster it got, and the more involved it got, and the more names she threw out, and the more F-bombs she dropped out. And on and on it went for several minutes, and this was while her two-year-old daughter was in her arm, And she said, oh my gosh, i got to take the kid in. And she ran up the steps and took her kid in. So I breathed a sigh of relief and went on about my business. She came out in about four minutes. And I was standing there. And unfortunately for me, there wasn't anybody else there talking to me to protect me. So she started in again. And she ran it and she railed. And she cussed a blue streak. Would have made Popeye the Sailor blush. And she went on and on. And, And as she was doing this, she was standing walking in circles. And I just, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, you know, like you do. And she walked to her car, and she was spewing the whole way. Even when she was walking away from me, she was just ranting and raving about things at her house. She turned and looked at me, still spewing. She opened the door, put her foot in, and said, oh, by the way, Pastor, have a great day. And I wish I could say that was unusual, but that is typical. Not just for her necessarily, but for people. We've all done things like that, haven't we? Anger seems to be that one emotion that makes us fools. We say things we don't mean. We say things inappropriately. We say things that don't need to be said. And sometimes in anger, we say things that we really do mean, and we just need to talk about them in some other setting than in front of a childcare with your two-year-old in her arms. And what the woman really needed was someone to sit down and talk with her for a couple of hours, and I realized that. And so does she, by the way. I don't know if I'll get to do that or not, but, you know, she needs somebody because her anger has built up within her because of situations she can't control. And you know how that affects us. Anger is one of those things that seems to bring out the worst in us and in everybody else. I wish I could say this was a recent thing, but this is old news. Preachers of an earlier generation could have said the same thing. In Jesus' day, Paul wrote about it. Follow along with me and Ephesians 4, verses 26-32, through where Paul writes about this thing we call anger. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Let him who steals, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, performing with his own hands what is good, in order that he may have something to share with him who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, But only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. This is a spiritual thing, the way we deal with anger. It's not just an emotion, because the practice of our faith is directly impacted by the way we handle our anger. If you read much about anger, the general understanding is it's a normal human emotion. And if you need to, you can learn skills. So if you go into the court system and you have obviously problems with anger and violence, you're sent to anger management classes. And you're given techniques and things how to do it. And it's a very mechanical thing. If you get angry, count to 10. If you're really really angry, count to 100. And when you're really, really angry, count as much as you can and don't talk. And that's about all, and there are a lot of techniques, and some of them are very effective. But we need to understand that it is more than just learning skills. It's more than just learning to reinterpret situations. This is a spiritual thing. And Paul understood that, and so he gave us these ideas, these perspectives on anger, that we need to catch up on. Sometimes we just never equate the two. You know, in this culture, we're taught that emotions are natural they're neither good nor bad. It's simply how you express them. And that, that works for a lot of people. But for the Christian, it's more. It's more than just life skills and raw emotion. It is a work of the Spirit. So on screen are some perspectives on anger that might interest you. First of all, he says, be angry and yet do not sin. And then do not give the devil an opportunity so, in the context of anger and emotion, he says, be angry, but don't sin. So, understand, being angry is not sin. There's nothing wrong with you getting angry at a situation. It may not necessarily be the correct emotion, and that's the way we interpret things. But being angry in and of itself is not sin. How you express that anger, how you deal with that anger, what you do with it can lead you into sin. And so, all of a sudden, it becomes less a a, an emotional thing, but it becomes a spiritual thing, because how you deal with your anger, what you do with it, how to express it, is a spiritual thing. It affects your relationship with God. Remember, all sin is essentially sin against God. David said, against thee and the only have I sinned. So, whenever you sin, whenever you do those things that the Bible says are sin, or you refuse to do the things that God wants you to do, that's a, a rejection of God's leadership, and you were showing Him you don't believe Him. And so when you get angry and then you allow that anger to lead you into the temptation of sin, then you are going directly against God. And then he says here in the last of the verse, do not give the devil an opportunity. Another very spiritual perspective. Don't let the evil one influence you here. Understand that when you're angry, you are particularly susceptible to temptation. And the evil one is right there working against you. So when you get angry or you feel yourself getting angry, it is appropriate to start praying, because that is when the evil one is working against you. And I have found in my own life that when I'm really steamed about something, I'm very susceptible to temptation, because it's so easy to say something that is evil and vile, isn't it? And you've seen it and done it, and as we all have. So it's a spiritual issue. It leads you into sin. It leads you to be susceptible to the evil one, And then in the next one, let all bitterness and wrath and anger be put away. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Another perspective. The Holy Spirit is grieved in your sin. When I was younger, I understood the Christian faith was you get saved and then you follow rules. It's a very simplistic approach. When you first get saved, that's probably a good perspective. You have to learn some things and that kind of thing. But the longer I've been in this, and just like you, I've realized that the Christian faith isn't just rules. It's relationship. So when God says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, he's saying that God is grieved. You hurt his feelings. He grieves for you when you sin. When you allow your anger to control you and lead you into sin, you're not just hurting you and others. You are grieving the God who loves you and hopefully whom you love. I was trying to think about this this morning. What's a good example of how we allow our emotions to affect us or not. At my house, I love my wife. I love her dearly. And she's, she's just a good gal. And I don't want to hurt her. So I know when I'm angry, I need to watch my mouth. Because it's easy to hurt her. Just the way it is. And so I choose, this took me several decades by the way, I choose when I'm angry to not talk until I'm not angry. Because I know that way at least I won't hurt her. And it's really important that I not hurt her because I love her and I want to preserve that relationship. Okay, so if, if it's able to help me with my wife, this idea of relationship, maybe it can help me with my relationship with God. If sin grieves the Holy Spirit, if it hurts God's feelings and it causes him pain, do I love him enough to stop it? Yes. Not always. Just like you. That's a better way to think of it than just rules, isn't it? You can follow the rules and be mean-spirited about it. Or you can live in relationship with God. And that's what Paul is talking about. And then he says this, Last thing, it does not achieve the righteousness of God. And this is James: 120. If your goal is to honor God and build the kingdom, then the way you express your anger is part of that. You see, Paul is doing all these things so you understand. this isn't just emotion and skill. it is things of the spirit. How you handle your anger is Christian. It's a spiritual endeavor. So, if that's the case, then what we have to do is learn to deal with our anger from a perspective of faith. On screen are some ideas of how to deal with our anger. Deal with it in a spiritual matter. So, if you're angry, start praying. Stop talking, start praying is my rule for me. Understand that how you express your anger is a work of the Spirit when you're getting ready to be in a situation where you know your buttons are going to be pressed or you're with somebody that you know presses your buttons, be particularly careful and pray, God, help me. This is what I do. And again, I'm not the standard. I just know how it works for me, usually. If I know I'm going to be with somebody and that person just presses my buttons, I anticipate, okay, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? How am I going to respond? I say, okay, God, you know what's going to happen if I'm not careful. Help me to, to not let this happen. I pray, God, if I talk about politics with somebody, help me to not spew poison. It's easy. Everybody does it. It's acceptable in our culture to insult and hate people if they disagree with your politics. So I have to pray, God, help me to not do that. It's crazy. But I allow my anger to get in there, and if I'm not careful, I say something. Now, one of the things I've learned not to do, I will never respond to anybody on Facebook. I just can't. Because as soon as I start typing, the anger comes out. I wish other people would practice that. If you're angry and you want to attack somebody, ask yourself, is this a work of the kingdom of God? If it's not, understand this is a work of the Spirit. Another thing, heed biblical teaching. James says it like this, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I quote this to myself every day, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. In other words, listen, stop talking, don't allow things to put push, push your buttons. And in our times, we have to practice this. You know, it grieves me, to be honest with you. I have, I, I read Facebook, I don't post on it, but I read it, and all my preacher friends are on it, and it just... They just shame the name of Jesus, I'll be honest with you. They do. They're Christians, they're pastors. The things they say, some are Republicans, some are Democrat. There's just nothing godly to it. And for some reason, and I know these guys, and they are good guys. They're good pastors. But for some reason, they go on Facebook and they just turn into pukers of violence is all it is. And they hate everybody. Or at least if you didn't know them, you would think they just hate everybody by the way they talk. And what they've done, they've forgotten that this is the work of the Spirit. One other thing. Remember God's grace. Remember the grace that God uses when he deals with you. This is the grace that you must apply to yourself. Be gracious when you fail, but also with others when they fail. What that means is with this mama who spewed all over me in front of childcare one day, I had to remember, okay, she's not angry at me. She's angry at her situation, and I wasn't just a lucky guy. I was the one that she chose to, to vent with. I mean, she trusted me a little bit. And if I'm paying attention, I might be able to help. So I give her grace. Try not to hold it against her. Don't reject her because she can't control her anger. Just understand, she's a human being like everybody else. And I try to give her Grace. On screen is a final thought. Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Your anger is an incredibly powerful emotion. You can use it and channel it to do good things or you can allow it to control you and drag you down and hinder the kingdom of God. Follow Jesus. Allow God's Word to teach you and challenge you. And when you feel the anger coming up, Start praying, God help me, help me honor the kingdom, help me to resist sin, help me to give grace. We forget that we are Christian. Jesus knew we would be that way, so he gave us this, communion. I'm going to ask that the deacons that are going to help get in place, please. When we share communion, we are reminding ourselves that we follow Jesus, that we are saved by Jesus who died on the cross and was resurrected, and that God understands we are sinners. He loves us anyway, and by our faith in Jesus, he saves us. When you do this, you proclaim God's death till he comes. Would you stand with me in prayer, please? Father, we thank you for your presence, for this offer of life. We thank you for this meal that challenges us, that reminds us of who we are in Christ, that shows us we are all equal in the eyes of God, that helps us to proclaim our belief in the resurrected Christ. Be with us now, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Paul tells the story. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He continues the story. In the same way, Jesus took the cup also after supper, saying, This covenant is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Therefore, whoever eats the bread drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord reinforcing the significance of what we're doing we are Christian we're not just people who happen to follow Jesus we are Christian new creatures recreated by God's work and Jesus calls us to be reminded of that as we share this meal together Nate's going to lead us in a closing hymn Nate why don't you come
0: No sadness, no sorrow, no trouble, I see there will be peace, peace in the valley, for me, for me.
3: Dear Father, we ask you be with us now as we go, and keep and protect us from harm. And Father, help us this week to do a good deed for someone else. And help us to do it in Your Son, Jesus' name. Amen.